grapefruit, known for being tart. Famous for being tart and weird. Nobody thinks much about them, so let's have some fun. Let's find out why grapefruit is secretly incredibly fascinating. Hey there, folks. Welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone. Abe Epperson and Adam Ganser are my guests on this one. I hope you already know about the Small Beans comedy Patreon. It's called Small Beans. It came up especially on the Michael Swaim episode about The Great Gatsby recently. Both these guys, Abe Epperson and Adam Ganser, host wonderful shows on there, including one they do together called Director Peace Theater. Because Abe and Adam are both fantastic directors, whether they're working in comedy or otherwise. They're also very funny and warm and great people. We go way back. We used to work together at the former workplace, Crack.com. And so you'll hear us hit a groove right away. And I think that makes this a really, really fun episode. Also, I've gathered all of our zip codes and used internet resources like native-land.ca to acknowledge that I recorded this on the traditional land of the Catawba, Eno, and Shikori peoples. Acknowledge Abe and Adam each recorded this on the traditional land of the Gabrielino or Tongva and Keech and Chumash peoples. And acknowledge that in all of our locations, native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode. And today's episode is about grapefruit, a citrus fruit that you've heard of and a fruit that will bring us an astonishing range of places in the world and science and history. In, in particular history, there is so much of that here. So please sit back or get out your grapefruit spoon and then get out your grapefruit knife because there are two entire specialized pieces of cutlery just so you can eat the maybe fourth most popular citrus. I still don't understand it. But anyway, here's this episode of Secretly Incredibly Fascinating with Abe Epperson and Adam Ganser. I'll be back after we wrap up. Talk to you then. Abe, Adam, you are a delight. Thank you for being here. This is so great. Hey. Oh, what a pleasure to be here. What a pleasure. <laughs> the audience can't see, but he's beautiful. Let me reassure you, audience. Oh, he's man. still beautiful. Oh, it's still beautiful. Oh, uh, white I... sock shirt. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you got to be bummed about that hiring, baby. You got to be real bummed about that hiring, right? Because, and I'm not trying to rub, I'm not trying to rub this in, I swear to God. But like, it was incredible. They hired this, they hire. they hire this guy, right? Yeah, Tony LaRusso, yeah. Yeah, LaRusso, right. He's, he's. Very old. He's been out of baseball a long time. And within mm-hmm. like a week of that news, DUI charge. <laughs> he gets a DUI <laughs> charge yeah, immediately. Yeah. And I didn't text you because I was like, I don't, a text is the way to rub this in. I feel like talking about it on podcasts is a little more of a generous space. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, yeah. But I, how are you feeling? How are you feeling about it? I got I got more texts about Tony LaRusso's hiring than I got about <laughs> Joe Biden winning the presidency. <laughs> My phone blew up bigger. With That's a penny so drops America. A very old Hall of Famer being selected to be the new manager. It's it's That's the strangest so thing. <laughs> he he hasn't been in the sport for a bit. 
this is clearly not what we're here to talk about, but I, I we didn't have a chance to talk. I needed to hear mm. it. I've heard it now. Mm. Thank you. <laughs> Good hijack. One of many to come. <laughs> well, uh, fellas, let's turn to the topic of the day, which mm, is sure. the grapefruit. And in every episode, I start by asking the guests, what's your relationship to the topic or opinion of it? Uh, and either one of you can start, but how do you feel about grapefruit? Please, Abe. Mm. Please, I don't want to take your spot here. Uh, yeah, okay, I'll go first. Uh, grapefruit is a garbage fruit. <laughs> it's so bitter, I can't eat one without just dumping just a ton of sugar on it. It's like, you just don't yeah. make sense. Fruit, I, if, I can't, if I can't just bite you, like, that's entirely on you. And, uh... Yeah, I just I, I don't have a high yeah. priority for grapefruit when I'm like, let's go get some fruit. I'm like, hmm, this grapefruit will totally hit the spot. So, no, so that you, never you're really not a happens. pineapple guy either, right? You're not a pineapple guy. I, I mess with pineapple. Okay, but you can't bite into that. So you make some exceptions. You can bite into pineapple. Get out of town. <laughs> I, okay. I, uh, I, next time we hang out, that's the first thing we'll be doing. Yeah. Just bring me the pineapple. All, the, all the world's pineapples. I will bite into every single one. Come on. Get yeah. out of town. <laughs> okay. All right, I'm going to get I'm, out of town with that. I'm so excited that we started with Abe introducing fruit laws and Adam testing the viability of the yes. fruit laws. Yeah, like, wait. So you say it must be bitten into, counselor. Well, sir, <laughs> I... <laughs> I present you the kiwi, the hairiest obstruction to your logic, sir. Grapefruits, for some reason, are considered a breakfast fruit or just a breakfast yes. food. And I feel like it belongs in that category of things that are like, are you trying to hijack breakfast for something else? <laughs> like steak and eggs? You know what I mean? Like when people are like, hey, have steak and eggs. Why the hell do I want steak in the morning? <laughs> I'd like to be able to, I'd like to work today. You know what I mean? Like right. that's a that's a coma for an hour <laughs> is what steak and eggs is. <laughs> like, And I feel like bra- grapefruit are also like uh, somebody from the 30s liked it or something. Like, yeah. it's one of those, like, casseroles that doesn't belong in food anymore. <laughs> what are that's, you that's even talking about? Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Have you not had, like, those casseroles from the 30s that people are like, wow, this is really good? And then you eat it, and yeah. you're like, oh, this is food we don't eat anymore. Oh, for sure. That's yeah, what grapefruit sure. is. It's a leftover from a weird time. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's, it's I guess a bad I casserole of fruit. Thank you. <laughs> yeah, you get that one. I do. I love the idea that a thing that grows in nature can be a period piece. That's really exciting. <laughs> yeah. I also I wanted to check with because you're both California fellas. I was curious if grapefruit was like presented to you growing up because in Illinois it did not come up a lot. It was for me. Oh, really? Yeah. You guys had it in the morning? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It was like uh, my mom would serve grapefruit as like that is your breakfast. Wow. wow. So you can tell how why I have the opinions I have. Maybe a psychologist can confirm. But uh yeah, that was like sometimes that was just breakfast breakfast. Like be and I just put sugar on it and then Yeah. That's that's that was your day. That was the start I of your noticed, day. <laughs> I noticed that you sugared the fruit. Uh I thought that was a fascinating twist. Because uh, I, I know I'm like now in hindsight, it's like, oh, yeah, people are probably putting sugar on this. That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, I'd never heard that before this moment. Yeah, you cut it in yeah. half. So yeah, you got and then the you sugar hemisphere it. and then you sugar, the, sugar it and then you uh, spoon out the innards. Right, right. <laughs> like yeah. Each, right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, grapefruit was an abomination in my house. 
uh, <laughs> we we <laughs> we did not serve it. We did not give it any quarter in the Ganser yeah. home at all. Never had it. So the Schmidt home, we were not even considering that stuff. Like that's advanced. That's. <laughs> I also I think my main grapefruit experience from past years is that I moved into an apartment where there were a few things left in the silverware drawer, and one of them was a grapefruit Ooh. spoon, and I had to like Google what that is. Because it's, for oh, people who don't know, that's like a spoon with some jagged edges on the, the cup part. Yeah, it's serrated. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, why is this a, like a, a combat spoon? I don't get it. It's weird. It's not meant to be put into the mouth. It's meant to scoop. Yeah. You know? And you can use it to do like pumpkins as well. Oh, uh, okay. Because if you try to eat that, you got serrated blade inside your mouth. That's a bad, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So we all agree, like, podcast done, right? (laughs) (laughs) That was fascinating. Uh, I just assembled a fruit jury. That's all we're... We just decide (laughs) out. Guilty. That's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Trying to do... The Lord's work. Yeah, here. what crime did it commit? It's guilty. Just bring it. Just get it. Just get on with it. Uh, bring in the next yeah. fruit. <laughs> Bananas, innocent. Uh, so, I can't believe grapefruit is enough of a staple that it has its own silverware. I'm like yeah, legit yeah. outraged by that. <laughs> How could that be true? Well, it. Uh, there's a whole fascinating world of things about the grapefruit. It turns out. I agree. Uh, who needs the equipment? But on every episode. Our first fascinating thing about the topic is a quick set of fascinating numbers and statistics in a segment called Don't Stat So, Don't Stat So, Don't Stat So Close to Me. <laughs> and, uh, that it. name was submitted by Dave Henby. We're going to have a new name for this segment every week submitted by listeners like you. Submit to <laughs> at SifPod on Twitter or to SifPod at gmail.com. Please make them as silly and wacky and bad as possible. That's the plan. Yeah. Wonderful. And uh, and yeah, we have a bunch of like stats and numbers here. I felt like we should start with the current world record for the size of a grapefruit, right? Let's go big. Let's just find that. Yeah. Ooh. And the current world record as of last year, 2019, a weight of 7 pounds, 14 ounces, uh, which is about 3.5 kilograms. And then uh, 28.75 inches around, which is about 73 centimeters around. Pretty big. Wow. That's a wow. that's a hell of a breakfast right there. <laughs> right. That feeds like a family. Like more, yeah. that that's that's a family. That's right that's there. an ep- that is enormous. That's an Epperson Tuesday is what that is. Oh yeah. <laughs> you don't want to get hit in the head. You don't want to get a hit in the head with one of those. Cuz that's what we're doing in the Epperson your, family. Your mom throwing grapefruits at each other. Your mom takes the one grapefruit, places it at the center of the table with a katana blade, slices it in half and says yeah. Grapefruits on the menu, Epperson's, and then there you go. <laughs> she would say, "Let's go to war," like it's a UFC tournament. <laughs> and then someone would grab it and throw it at the other one. The yep. other one would pull out the grapefruit spoon and stab them in the jugular. That's right. Yeah, it was a real, real doggy. You dog. all begin sugaring <laughs> no, it. No, that's a you sugar the yeah, grapefruit. We, yeah. Oh yeah, you you gotta sugar it. Uh, that is an enormous grapefruit, but it does not surprise me. Oh. Because when we typically think about like world records of stuff, it's usually multitudes bigger than the normal one. Sure, yeah, yeah. Like that feels like I don't know. That feels like ten times the size of a normal. No, well, 
by volume. That is fascinating. I bet it didn't taste good. That's for sure. <laughs> no, right. The big yeah. ones are always like made of ash or something. Like it, they, like all the big yeah. food tastes like dirt. Uh, they don't... <laughs> half of it is half it half of it is worms. Yeah, <laughs> living in there. <laughs> yeah, it's a... just like most of this weight is worms. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I've been uh, I've been weighing grapefruits for a long time now, and I can tell you that's like sixty five, seventy percent worms. <laughs> yeah, you just hear a little voice from inside, like he's right. Like, oh, okay. Well, <laughs> yeah. All right. Chime again. Worms agree. <laughs> hey, shut up, worms. <laughs> <laughs> that's how you treat worms. Uh... <laughs> I love how I love your expertise in this, Abe. This is like really yeah. thrilling me. This is genuinely thrilling mean? me. Well, all right. <laughs> I'm serious. I, I love it. Because also, folks should know I definitely picked this topic for us with absolutely no knowledge of your guys' grapefruit preferences or habits or back. Like, it's pretty random, the choice. So, this is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I enjoyed the fact that there was <laughs> l- l- no way for me to prep for this. Like, like <laughs> there was other than like, okay, I know what a grapefruit is. So, here we go, baby. Here we go. Love it. I don't even know what show we're on right now. <laughs> I just, I pull off a mask like, it's me, Joe Rogan. You're like, no, why? Oh, no. No, why? I got hoodwinked again. Let's talk about Joe Rogan. Let's talk about abs. You ready to talk about abs? <laughs> Does he do that on that show? He talks about Jeez. muscles a lot. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah, a lot, of, right. a lot of muscle yeah, talk. Would. I don't know. <laughs> what a time to be alive. Yes. Oh, and uh, yeah, speaking of this, uh, we should credit the growers of the grapefruit. It is Doug and Mary Beth Meyer of Slidell, Louisiana. So this is an American grapefruit. Folks. Wow. We yeah. Number yeah, one. USA, baby. <laughs> well, next number here, uh, speaking of the innards of a grapefruit, uh, the number is up to 91%. And up to 91% is the amount of an average grapefruit that is water, according to the USDA. Mm. This is just like a standard grapefruit? Yeah, not this freaky one. Like a, just a normal grapefruit, mm. you're going to get about 91% water, 8% carbohydrates, 1% protein. That's what it's made of. Huh. That all seems above board. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't really know the composition. of a lot of water. Fruits. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah that's, uh, that's a lot of water. That makes sense. Is it more or less than like an orange or a watermelon or something? Yeah, and that I that was I had the same question, and according to the same site, oranges are eighty seven percent water. So it's similar mm. to a citrus. You know, it's it's in I guess yeah. citruses are a bunch of water a lot of the time. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, yeah. yeah, that makes yeah. sense. Next number here is the number two. So try to hold on to that number two. Okay, got it. This <laughs> this is the number of grapefruits that Hunter S. Thompson said that he tried to eat each day. Two entire grapefruits. I do remember this. I remember this too, because there was that, I think it's like a meme at some point. There was Hunter S. Thompson's, some uh, like journalist followed him during the day and just documented what he ate and drank. Is that what you're citing? Yeah, I've seen that. And it's like mostly cocaine and grapefruit. Right, right. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) Mostly cocaine and grapefruit. Uh, And cigarettes, uh, like a brand of Dunhill cigarettes. Yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he just poured vodka into the grapefruit, which <laughs> now that I say it sounds amazing. Yeah. That, that <laughs> Actually, yeah. is kind of a cool idea. So here's my hottest take thus far. Hunter S. Thompson is not going to be remembered historically as that significant. Like, I don't think he's Mark Twain. 
That, I agree. Like, like I, I think he's more like fun. Yeah. Like he's kind of a fun figure. And the fact that we know how many grapefruits he ate is part of the fun of it. But like he's not. Yeah. Uh, he's yeah. That's it. I said it. My hot takes out there. <laughs> yeah. If you'd like to tweet me, my my Twitter handle is at Abe the Mighty. You can send me all your angry. Go, <laughs> yourself. Oh, I'm sorry. We don't swear here. My oh, bad. It's all right. <laughs> now you get double the tweets. Punishment. No. I don't know. no. Silly. <laughs> I, I, and I agree. I, I haven't really read much of Hunter S. Thompson, but I find it just okay. But yeah. I'm very interested in Abe. Like Abe said, this uh, journalist, E. Jean Carroll is her name, and she followed him around for a day. He woke up at 3 p.m., went to bed at 8:20 a.m., and then somewhere between midnight and six o'clock had a bunch of alcohol, cocaine, marijuana, coffee, cigarettes, and then uh, orange juice and grapefruit. That was what he consumed for like six hours of, of the night. Yeah. At what age is he doing this? Oh, great question. Uh, I don't know. Because like... This in, is an old... Yeah, one, I assume. So probably middle age. When I was 25, sure. That, like, that's that's <laughs> not great. Right. But it's like, I could you know, I could do that for six months maybe. Now, uh, older, uh, I'll be dead instantly. Like like two, two cigarettes, right. half a grapefruit, and one handle of vodka. And it's like... Write my eulogy, Schmitty. It's your turn. You know, remember me fondly. I like I like right. that you land with a handle of vodka. That kind of makes the grapefruit and the cigarettes not really the problem. Important part of that equation. <laughs> They're not the problem. You it's true. Like I wasn't I wasn't trying to peg grapefruit as the culprit. They're just in the lot. You know? <laughs> with extreme grapefruit. Next number here is nineteen thirty nine. 1939 is the year that National Geographic featured a woman wearing a dress made out of grapefruit peels. And I sent you guys a, an old picture of this. It's a lady in a dress made entirely of like grapefruit peels stitched together. Yeah. I loved it so much. Yeah, this is. I did. I genuinely loved that <laughs> she dress. She looks like a mermaid. Like, that is cool. She's a mermaid, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. It looks nice, right? Like, a, yes. It's surprisingly good. It looked good. <laughs> I had to look at it again. I'm like, those are grapefruits? Damn. Yeah. Like, it looked really good. And I think it's just the peels kind of, they look almost like fish scales kind of. Yeah, yeah. and together. that's just yeah. the design yeah, yeah. of the dress, right? Yeah, that was kind of just how they did it. It was in celebration of the Rio Grande Delta having their grapefruit mm -hmm. harvest. So, like, the southern tip of Texas, uh, they celebrated by making this dress out of out of the fruit peels. Yeah, it's it's fruit cosplay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> that's what it is. Uh, yeah, basically. And it was really well done. Like, that's how I feel about every cosplay I see. Every single one. They pass it in front of my eyes. I'm like, and if it gets to me, it's usually pretty good. You know, like, I'm, I'm not out there searching for it. You, you got to really hunt down my eyes to make me look at cosplay. So, like, if it gets for me, I'm like, great. That's pretty good. It's nice looking cosplay. Right, whatever bubbles to the top of Twitter around Halloween. Yeah, exactly. It's usually great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's how this was. Well done, fruit woman. And we got another year here. Uh, this is the year 2008. And the year 2008 is the year that the Pamplemousse flavor was introduced by LaCroix. Good folks at LaCroix came oh, through yeah. with uh, the, I think, the only flavor they do that is French named. The rest are just what the fruit's called in English. But Pamplemousse right. is grapefruit. Why do they do that? <laughs> LaCroix? French company? I, I looked everywhere. I couldn't find why. Yeah, I really don't know. They, they knew exactly <laughs> who they were is why, Abe. They knew exactly who they were. LaCroix was on brand immediately LaCroix from the very beginning. always Con consistently ceases to make sense to me <laughs> in general 
It's like the I Ching of drinks. Like it's, it's like it's a, just like it's somebody <laughs> in a way. It's my nemesis because I can't crack. I can't crack. Why? Like I'm just like. Okay, good choice, and my friends love it. This is great. I'm happy for everybody. But why? <laughs> my question is, why is this here? Why am I confronted Amazing. with it? Because when everyone, like, that year that everyone went crazy for LaCroix, suddenly everyone's like, oh, yeah, LaCroix, mm, mm, love it. You know, it's just like, okay, yeah. cool. It was very unquestioned. It was very unquestioned. Yeah. Like, like, somebody showed up to every party with a pallet of LaCroix. Mm-hmm. All of us were like, sure. But then, like, four of us were like, this is everything I'm going to do for yeah. the next three years. <laughs> yeah, it's, the rest of the Obama administration is It's going to be everywhere. You know? Yes. You can't hide from it. it. It's like invasion of the body snatchers. Yeah. Well, we got uh, two more numbers here, and they, they go together, and they're from the world of movies. Uh, the first number is $557,000 American. And that is the worldwide box office for The Public Enemy, a 1931 movie starring James Cagney. Uh, in like today's money, that's about eight and a half million dollars box office. Uh, but that movie has what's called the grapefruit scene, where James Cagney, in apparently the biggest movie of his entire career, is having breakfast with a lady and then hits her with his grapefruit. And he's playing a villain. Like we're supposed right. to be mad about it. it. Yeah, but but it's still like what the? I mean, I haven't seen this movie. It was not a pleasant scene. It was yeah. very yeah. unpleasant. It's like yeah. 40 seconds, too. And he's like, he's just every time he opens his f- flapper, it's just like, you know what? You need to go. <laughs> yeah. Yes. The first thing yes. he says yeah. when he like in, at the beginning of the clip is you got a drink in this house. <laughs> like she must serve him at breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's it, <laughs> that's correct. He he it's the it's that everything you don't want to see out of like a, a male figure in a movie. He's every single thing you don't want to see. And he's just so mean, like just legit mean. It's like, what? Yeah. This was a big time for gangster movies. Apparently, box office records were set by uh, the movie Little Caesar starring Edward G. Robinson. Not about pizza, about mm-hmm. a gangster. And then this was the next gangster movie that knocked it out. And you're supposed to just completely hate James Cagney, including when he meanly hits a lady with a grapefruit. And so people walked out of this major movie saying, like, the grapefruit scene, can you believe it? Cut to the year 2017. Our other number is $140 million, which is the worldwide box office for Girls Trip 2017, which is a, a very fun and wild comedy that also features a grapefruit scene that everyone talked about. Weird thing. You said 140 million? Yeah, and like today's dollars, Public Enemy made 8.5 million about, and then Girls Trip made 140 million worldwide. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Huge hit. Yeah. That's a yeah. That's a statement, I guess. That scene is the the Girls Trip one is uh incredible. <laughs> it's an incredible it's an incredible scene. Uh I've never seen the movie. I had never heard the spiel about this scene. I know why people are talking about it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. We can yeah. We'll link it because I, I think the rating I've chosen for the podcast is real preventative here. But it's Tiffany yeah, yeah. Haddish describing a wild and definitely fictional sex act involving a grapefruit. Yeah. Well, the thing that's so good about it is not it's the commitment that she has when she's doing it. That's what <laughs> yeah. makes it that's what makes it so funny is like she's cavalier about. Yes. It. Well, and also committed. Like she's really going for it on this thing. Uh, that's all. Uh, yeah. I can heartily recommend yeah. it for yucks. I'll give it two yucks up. You know, it's pretty good. <laughs> I also like that she just 
Like, I like her just off the cuff, like, oh, you want an answer for, like, basically how to get a guy? Just grapefruit him. Yep, I know, <laughs> yes, right? She, that's literally, like, just grapefruit Such him. a Seinfeld line, you know? Like, she turned it into a verb. When you turn <laughs> grapefruit into a verb, like, you're owning it. Yeah, you, yeah, You yeah. know exactly what you mean. Right, I, just the total confidence that they will know what she's talking about. No, they yeah. don't. Yeah. <laughs> no like, one's done this in the entire oh, world. Oh, you want me to clarify? Okay, I will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We got three big takeaways here. Let's get into them. Takeaway number one. Grapefruits were created by accident on a specific island thanks to the sexy mutant nature of citrus. Hmm. I know that's a little of a long one, but uh, one more time. Grapefruits were created by accident on a specific island thanks to the sexy mutant nature of citrus. That's what's going on. So uh, how, how? Yeah, I need, well, I need I more. I have reactions, but I need more before I fly off the handle here. <laughs> before you leave the tape I completely. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> like, what's spooky about citric yeah. acid? You know? So I, do you know? It turns out I do very little about citrus going into this until, until researching. But, um, and there's also the first citrus that an episode has been about. It turns out that like all citrus are amazing at crossbreeding and amazing at also mutating on their own. Like it's a, it's a fruit that develops new fruits or, or combo fruits very easily. Uh, we'll link. Heck yeah. It's also the best fruit, man. Killing it. Citrus. Ooh, that's, that's true. Bananas slandered. Apples slandered. I, I mean, take yeah, note, I, I, take note, big apple. Uh, again, if you're upset, tweet at Abe the mighty. Uh, that's <laughs> well, that's yeah, that time, one's yeah, on yeah. It. Yeah. <laughs> all, all the times. Okay. Give it a shot. All the times. <laughs> Give it a shot. So, it a so shot. briefly, my grandfather was a citrus farmer, and this what? is this is uh, yes, this wow. is germane to this fact. Uh, often, uh, the, he began to replace his or his Valencia orange uh, crop with cuties. In fact, that oh. whole area up in Fresno started to replace with cuties, which were uh, a small mutation, obviously, because. It was an easier fruit to handle. Like it's literally yeah. easier to peel it and eat it, which is so. Of course, consumption numbers went way up and profits went way up because citrus is such a malleable fruit genetically. That's amazing. Yeah, and he had a citrus farm around Fresno. Oh yeah, still uh, he sold it recently, but yeah. Wow. There yeah, hundred uh, dude. Is. I can tell you more. Honestly, I can tell you more, but I don't want to hijack because it's a totally different mm. thing. Hundred acres ran mm. it himself. That's the coolest thing, man. Yeah, yeah. That is pretty yeah. cool. Yeah. I podcast for a living. <laughs> sugar that sugar that podcast. Sugar that podcast. Mm. Mm. <laughs> well, and, <laughs> and yeah, that that uh, is an amazing story and speaks to this thing where we'll, we'll have a link from the Washington Post. It's a story called Taking a Sexy Look at Citrus it's by Vicki nice. Hallett. And it's because the entire citrus genus is sexually compatible with itself apparently, and also prone to mutation. And so, oh. uh, like, they've researchers have looked at ancient remains of citrus and decided that a couple of Asian ancestors, the citron, the pomelo, and the mandarin, are, like, them crossbreeding and doing things together generated all of the citrus that we have today over time, which is strange. See, I imagine cool. some kind of citrus Jurassic Park where it's like... <laughs> This fruit was encased in amber, and we like got its sweet juices, you know, with a drill. Que and lindo a este fruta. And then you have Jeff Goldblum. Uh, Jeff Goldblum is like, you've gone too far. You've gone too far. 
<laughs> and you sell it. You, you stood on the shoulders of citrus fruit. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then they're in the park and there's just ripples and a glass of LaCroix. And they're like, mm. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Not good. <laughs> and then for the finale, a, a T-Rex-sized grapefruit descends upon <laughs> all of the all of our heroes and squashes them. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, that, that's a that's a pitch. Write it, write it down. Let uh no. So that's I love that. And then uh and then so with grapefruit, like the science is a little fu- fuzzy mostly because European record keeping and European science was just not that uh, accurate a few hundred years ago. But this is coming from an article in Quartz, and they cite the Oxford Companion to Food, which says that the first known mention of the grapefruit in the written record dates to the year 1750, so not that long ago historically, uh, 1750 on the island of Barbados. Mm. Uh, and that's because apparently on Barbados, a sweet orange from East Asia crossbred with a pomelo from Java in Indonesia. Uh, and so, like, all of global trade put these two Asian fruits together in Barbados and generated the the first grapefruit. So, just to recap, where are the other two fruits from again? They're, They're from, from Indonesia. And where's the other one? Yeah, East Asia. Yeah. It's not about where you're from. It's about what's in your heart. <laughs> um, uh, you're right. I have missed the mark once again. Thank you for that. Uh, <laughs> yeah. For that spiritual correction. But so because they're making love, sweet, sweet citrus, citrus love. love. So what's interesting though is that both of those fruit had to travel to the New World to for that to exist, right? Because Barbados yeah. isn't near there, right? I'm not. Mis- it's in the Caribbean, isn't it? Yeah, it's in the southern part of the Caribbean near right. South America. Yeah. So that's in- so trade made that happen. Exactly. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I'm sure you. I know you said that. I'm just. It's just all coming. To- I'm just like, thrilled with this. Thank right. you. Yes, it, it's like a weird. It's like I did geography Mad Libs. Like, how did all of these things come together? But they did. Apparently, that's how it happened. Interesting. So, yeah. sorry if I missed it because there was a lot of information to unpack there. Uh, where were the first like grapefruit trees planted? It's it's the kind of thing where they grew and were continued to be planted in this island Barbados. It was also first recorded by a guy named the Reverend Griffith Hughes, who was a minister from Wales. He also, in his records, he called it, quote, the forbidden fruit. And we don't know why. Apparently, he just thought it, it's like, oh, it's new to me. So it must be the fruit from Eden. Ha ha ha. And then so confused everybody. I, I, I feel like I'm on pretty solid ground here, having learned these facts. But when I decide this, that grapefruit are clearly made by pirates. <laughs> right. I, I think I think we have pretty good think of Barbados. Pretty, pretty good ground here. Forbidden fruit. It exists in the Caribbean in <laughs> that time true. period where pirates were. It's a pirate fruit. Because it's also the kind of thing where between it being history and confusing science, like we don't know if this was on purpose or not. Like it could have been right. that somebody grafted one fruit onto the other fruit's tree or it's from natural cross-pollination between the flowers of the trees. Like we don't really know how it started, but we know it started there. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So pi- uh, the pirate fruit. I'm starting to like grapefruits more. <laughs> starting to like them a little more, Abe. Nah. <laughs> uh, you're gonna have to look they have a lot of they have a lot of ground they gotta cover sure but next breakfast just put an eye patch on it and see how much you like it just put an eye just put, patch a, put an eye patch hey. on that grapefruit yeah, yeah. you're gonna like it better yeah. i'm telling you well just and just so listeners at home can know abe right now is dressed in the british navy uniforms from pirates of the caribbean so he's pretty yes. opposed actually to piracy yes. uh more it's just trade his thing. please yeah yeah <laughs> 
oranges for the crown oranges only for the crown (laughs) yes that's what he was saying before we started recording a good hour (laughs) good hour to stop saying it yeah yeah well and uh the one other thing like the name grapefruit is confusing, right? Because it doesn't look like grapes. Uh, yeah, why? They, another reason it's a garbage fruit. <laughs> <laughs> Get named correctly, asshole. Yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> come on, come on. Well, and apparently, uh, apparently, the reason it got that name is that on Barbados, uh, the early version of grapefruits kind of were smaller and grew in clusters, and the French word for cluster is grapes. Like G R A P P E S, so the the name is like a French English mess from Barbados that means cluster fruit, uh, and now they're bigger and almost more melon shaped. But but that was the situation before. That's why it's named that. That is secretly. <laughs> I, I... <laughs> the podcast uh, title. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it all comes full grapefruit. Yeah, uh... <laughs> the fact that it got bigger makes sense because like. Isn't it true that like we do that to everything we farm with, you know, like yeah, turkeys sure. can't even copulate because they're too big now. Yeah, almonds used to be amoeba sized. <laughs> we like, you know, we bred uh, them to be impossible. <laughs> Scientists estimate almonds are going to be like cat sized uh, by the end of the millennium. Yeah, yeah, everything just gets bigger. Actually, <laughs> that's just the way of things, you know, like <laughs> just all fruit, all animals, just keep slightly getting bigger over time. <laughs> I, I'm a science guy. I know Makes science. Sense. Yeah, yeah. James and the Giant Peach is a, a work of distant futurism, yes, where it, where yep, peaches yep. have become yeah. homes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Man, Who's the really... worm now? Yeah, that should be the tagline. Because <laughs> <laughs> also one one last fact within this takeaway is that with grapefruits changing, because citrus mutate and reproduce so easily. Like the things we think of as what grapefruits are, a lot of times came from one specific mutation or place because grapefruit were brought to America. And then in 1910, a farmer named Kimball Chase Atwood. Hello, Kimball Chase Atwood. What a uh, name. You're great. My name. God. <laughs> That's a hero's name. Give that man a cape. All right. Sorry. Go, please go on. <laughs> And so he, one of his workers on his farm discovered that a tree was producing pink colored grapefruits. And then apparently, according to Atlas Obscura, that's the origin of most pink grapefruits that we think of. And then a similar thing happened in 1929 in Texas with a pink grapefruit tree growing a red grapefruit. And then they were like, graft this onto everything. We got to have red ones and patented it and everything. So so they like literally, they have a mind of their own. Yeah, yeah. Like we can't stop them. Yeah, they just reproduce and mutate however they want to all the time. Yeah, yeah. I mean... We don't know its origin, truly. No one can yeah. say this is the yeah, first. Yeah, it's a pirate right, story, right. so it's a matter of legend. <laughs> I'm I'm whipping out the aliens card, guys. There it's we go. Aliens. There we go. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm I'm throwing it down. The I like alien I like uh, Abe. I like it. You're you're a forward thinker. I like this. Put Thank an iPad. You. Put an eye patch on that alien, and I'm all the way in. Oh, pirate aliens! You know? <laughs> oh god! Oh god! Alien pirates, weigh in on that. Yeah. No. I, lo- I love the idea that aliens invented us a food and it's a like a medium unpopular fruit. Oh, like, yeah. That's <laughs> what they could come up with. They're the worst invaders <laughs> and of they're just, the entire cosmos. They're just surveying us, but it's very good. It's a very You're good like, fruit. <laughs> I really thought they'd like it. 
It's like, I just watched a TNG episode where Riker makes scrambled eggs by hand, but it's from alien eggs and only oh, yeah, Worf likes that. it. Like, it's one of those, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Everyone thinks it's horrible. But he loves it because he's weird. Because yeah, he's yeah. a Klingon. God, what a show. Breaking down barriers about eggs. <laughs> Mainly, yeah. Next thing here is a big trumpet sound for a big takeaway. Before that, we're going to take a little break. We'll be right back. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing. And wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan Jesse Go. So I had my kids do it. Saying swear words. Saying swear words. Yeah, um, bad jokes. Bad jokes? Bad jokes. Maybe it's like you tell people that you're going to interview them and then you just stay there like, like really quiet and try and creep them out. <laughs> it's just really boring. Because of Jordan, right? Not me. Because of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grown-ups. Well, let's go into our next takeaway here. Uh... Takeaway number two. America spent the mid-20th century trying weird grapefruit experiments. Okay. Oh. That's what we got up to in the 30s, 40s, 50s. That was what the U.S. was doing. That was our thing. All right, sure. go on. Yep. Uh, th- this, this is already like, yeah, of course. Of course we did. <laughs> You know, so we got up to we got up to some and, dumb stuff. Yeah. yeah, it was like grapefruits and MK Ultra. That was the fifties, yeah. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> there's four different stories here, uh, and some of them are scientific experiments, some of them are social experiments. But but as a country, we were just trying stuff. And the first one is that in the 1930s, and this according to Quartz, quote, supposedly it was the Great Depression that put the grapefruit in front of a wide audience during which surplus grapefruit, along with other agricultural extras, were handed out to hungry families, end quote. Yeah, they're just giving mm. them away. Yeah. yeah. What, why, well, you ask? Why, why? I wonder, why grapefruits? Why not like apples? Why? You know where I'm going with this. It's the garbage fruit. You, you give it to the, it's true. To the, to the poor people. Because it's like, it's, I mean, it's a little bit of nutrition, a little bit. But it's like, ah, we got fruit today. It's like, ah, it's a grapefruit. Ah, shucks. Like, that's everybody yeah. in the Depression. But they were happier for it, because why? It's the Depression. <laughs> I, I, I like to think that they rejected the grapefruit the same way that they did the the uh, that period of time where we were trying just giving out stipends, and people were like, no, no, I need to work for my money. Right. Right? Oh, you know, yeah, like yeah. how we tried that? So, like, they give the grapefruits... 
no, no, I'm sorry, sir. I need a real fruit here. I, I'll work during it, you know? Also, they're all, they're all newsies. It's like, everyone in the 30s is a newsie to me. Everybody. <laughs> I'm a hobo, see? Like, yeah, that was everyone. How they Gotta spoke. get these papes out. <laughs> I'd rather ride the rails than eat that fruit. That's a disastrous melon, if you ask me. Yeah, yeah. And it is, it's, it's pretty much what we're saying. Like, the government said... Okay, the economy is collapsing. Uh, it, the popular food is more in demand, and we're limited on it. What are some like less popular, weird fruits and other foods that we can give to people for food stamps or for free? And so, grapefruits were distributed much more widely because they were like, "Well, what else do we got in the the larder of American foods? Let's try it on the people." Sheesh. Apparently, as recently as the 1930s, grapefruit were like surprising to people. They were not used to seeing them or being offered them. Because on the one hand, you have this grapefruit handout. And then also in the 1930s, people started trying something called the grapefruit diet, which was also known as the Hollywood diet because it was associated with movie stars. Sure. It was considered to be that. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is going to be awful. <laughs> well, you, I mean, you, but you, this is obvious, right? A grape, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of actual material to a grapefruit. So it feels like you're eating a lot, even though you're not taking in that much caloric intake. Yeah, right. right. It's water. water and it's and it's fruit so it's fruit equals healthy you know like you can see it you know what I mean exactly it's just pulp it's yeah. just watery pulp that's slightly I, you're your your disenfranchisement with the fruit of your childhood <laughs> is uh is, is fueling my joy right I, now I can't I can't lie to yeah. you it really is don't knock it yeah don't knock it. let me have it <laughs> I really <laughs> I love that I'm doing this with a nemesis of grapefruit. This is really just yes. a lot of fun. It's the best. Uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> well, and because, uh, yeah, there, there's various stories of exactly how the diet works and where it came from. But uh, according to Alice Obscura, quote, many of these diets required eating grapefruits as the major part of an extremely low calorie diet. It probably works in the sense that eating 500 calories a day generally results in weight loss, but it's widely considered unsafe, end quote. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. Because it's just a crash diet with uh, like the branding of, ooh, a fruit you don't always think about. Like that's basically That's that's a pest for advertisement always, I guess. That's always been true. We're just suckers (laughs) for that kind of stuff. Like we seem to be like, oh. You know, it reminds me of that Mad Men scene where he goes like, "Your cigarettes are toasted." Yeah, right. kinda. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nonsense. Yeah, that's right. a good point. Ours are toasted. That's right. Yours are cancerous. Ours are toasted. Just, that's right. I'm gonna invent a thing. I don't know what's fr- what fruit is around. I don't know. Did you look in the trash? Yes. Oh, here's a grapefruit. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Make it a diet. Let's go home. The, the amount of stupidity the people in your analogy have is, is just incredible. Oh, I don't know. I need to sell a grapefruit. They look in a trash can to find the fruit, and they find it. Prove me wrong, Adam. Yeah, Prove yeah. me wrong. I love it. I love it so much. Well, also, that branding thing's very true, because the other thing that sold this diet is a legend that uh, the medical establishment has had to fight since then. The rumor about the grapefruit diet is that actress Ethel Barrymore paid the Mayo Brothers $500 to come up with a special diet for her. <laughs> Wait, the 
The Brothers Mayo? Yeah, as in you, like... Like the people invented mayonnaise? No. That'd be uh, as in, also incredible. Oh, I thought you were doing like a comparison. <laughs> no, no, no. Mayonnaise is a pirate sausage. It's also disgusting. <laughs> okay. Lynn, the, uh, when I said Mayo Brothers, that's because a couple of brothers named Mayo created the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota, like right. one of the top health facilities in the world. Wow. And the Mayo Clinic has disavowed the diet and also insists they had nothing to do with it. But there was oh, wow, like, that's uh, just a lie going around that not only is a grapefruit diet good for you, but also these amazing health people created it. Was like what everybody in yeah. the 30s thought for a while. Yeah. <laughs> we hate this idea and history's not true. <laughs> that's like a bold statement coming from like, right. a, I guess it's a clinic. So like if it comes out of a clinic, I'm going to be like, Let's probably listen to what they have to say. But like you could just do any you could say anything if you're a clinic and most people will believe it. That's the fact. I'm enjoying the dark scene that happened in the Mayo Clinic where they were like, How can we get away from this grapefruit story? My yeah, god, it's the, crushing us. It's crushing it's us. Like what are we gonna do? Proxy scene. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. <laughs> you know, guys, I got yeah. it. I got it. We're smoking a lot of cigarettes in this health clinic, but we're doing yeah. it. <laughs> Sam Raimi's there. It's great. Right. Yeah, it's the 30s. So they're like, we're not idiots who think grapefruits are healthy. We think cigarettes are healthy. Come on. (laughs) Come on. But these people believe whatever you'll tell them. (laughs) Well, another another story here. So then in the 1940s, industry, because of world events, started trying to trick people into eating grapefruit with salt instead of sugar. So that was the 1940s. The new... The new experiment was people are eating it with sugar because that makes it less horrible tasting. But what happened is World War II. And so there was rationing of sugar. Sugar prices go way up. And then from there, and this is all according to NPR, they have a great blog called The Salt About Food. When sugar prices went way up, sugar sales went down, and then also grapefruit sales went down because people were like, well, I don't have the condiments. I'm not going to eat this horrible fruit anymore. Like, forget it. And so then companies selling either product, grapefruit or salt, started saying, hey, you should have it with salt. And like Morton Salt put out an ad where the tagline was grapefruit tastes sweeter with salt. Uh, just because of wartime <laughs> stuff, they tried to switch yeah, people completely. To, yeah. yep. Everyone kind of knew, even though they were saying it, everyone kind of knew like, yeah, you're running out of sugar. We get it. Yeah. We're in the middle of a war. <laughs> I can't think of a single... I mean, I'm sure you guys are going to immediately think of one and make me a fool. I can't think of a single, like, taste profile of, like, a substance, a food that is bitter and salty, unless sweet is in the equation. And grapefruits aren't naturally sweet, right? Yeah, there's, like, some sugar to it, but like you say, it's such a bitter fruit that people were like, I need to up the sugar content immediately. Like, I gotta do it. Yeah, immediately, which I don't do with apples or (laughs) oranges or any actual fruit. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I like the idea that they tried to just patriot, they tried to make grapefruit patriotic by making it more terrible. Yeah. That's my favorite thing, right? That's my favorite thing. It's It's the most American thing, in fact. Yeah, it's not a grapefruit anymore. It's a patriot fruit. Salted. In complete squalor. (laughs) And we need to make it better somehow (laughs) by diluting ourselves. (laughs) Yeah. And then, and the other weird thing about this campaign is they were just like trying a trick. They were like, maybe this will convince people. Um, But since then, (laughs) in the mid 1990s, Two scientists at the Monell Chemical Census Center in Philadelphia 
studied like how grapefruit with salt actually hits you. And they said that by testing the interaction between three taste sensations, salty, bitter, and sweet, they found that salt increased the perception of sweetness by diminishing our ability to taste bitterness. Oh. But that's, I know it's a little confusing, but... That's kind of like... It kind of works. Like, you get shot in the leg, and it's kind of like pinching yeah. your arm. It's like, you don't feel the leg as much now, do you? Yeah, kind of. Um, yeah, it's a trick like that, yeah. It's a... It, it, it doesn't s- hold water. They must have had somebody Unlike test it, right? <laughs> yeah. they, they must have had somebody test it, right? I mean, who knows? I'm sure people <laughs> tasted this before. Like, somebody tasted it, and somebody yeah. liked it out there, but, but until... Apparently, until the 90s, we didn't actually, like, check... Like scientifically, you know, we were just like, ah, maybe it works. Yeah, <laughs> oh, like so it was just sort of like a, it was like a, a byword. It was like a cultural yeah, byword. Let's salt our grapefruit, right? Horton over there loves it. They look over, and Horton's like, eh, it's okay. <laughs> By all means, let corporations run amok, run wild with their declarative statements. This will be good for the economy and our nation. It was really the grapefruit when they began to lose faith. <laughs> in the beginning, you know, it was the, the more the more I think about it, as a boy, when I was radicalized, <laughs> it was because of the grapefruit. I'm gonna uh, say it. I'm gonna say it. Well, and uh, one more grapefruit experiment here. This is from the 1950s, and it's something called atomic gardening. Have you guys ever heard right. of atomic gardening? I'm so re- I'm so ready. ready. I'm so ready for uh, this. I actually have, but I want you to go. Yeah, I want you to fly. Oh, thank you. Uh, this is, and the, the main source here is an amazing episode of 99% Invisible. The podcast is called Atom and the Garden of Eden, produced by Sharif Yusuf, because uh, in 1953, Eisenhower gives a speech about the idea of atoms for peace and says, we got to use radiation for like good stuff. Yes. What can we do? And so then, part of American history, by the way, the best. (laughs) And so, one thing they tried is gamma gardens, which is where they would grow plants and also blast as much radiation into them as they possibly could. Mm -hmm. And it mostly just led to really like deformed or dead plants. However, one test that they did created the Rio Star variety of grapefruit, and that kind of grapefruit is now seventy-five percent of Texas grapefruit. It's by far the dominant sure. kind. And it came from this uh, attempt to just use radiation. Like there's a historian on the episode and they describe it as like hitting a genome with a hammer and just seeing what happens. Like, it wasn't a very sophisticated test, but it worked for grapefruit. They got a new one out of it. <laughs> yeah. If only they could um, do with people. You know, we killed we killed like 10,000 10, people, but one of them became a Superman. So, you know, <laughs> yes. so we did get a Superman out Super of it. Super great fruit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> ima- imagine you're a scientist during the atomic age. It's fascinating to no end because they used uh, like cobalt 60 because I was reading up about this after you sent this. Oh, yeah, because um, I sent a picture of the diagram of like yeah. how it works. Yeah. It's a big box of radiation under the ground and then plants in circles out from it. So the idea is that through radioactive, radioactive decay, it's shooting gamma rays at your fruits and they're just hoping it's going to just like mess up the DNA in an interesting way, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, which is just like the equivalent of going like, all right, so let's just give these fruits cancer and see if we like it. <laughs> they literally yeah. just would yeah try anything with the atomic philosophy of like let's radiate stuff 
I don't yeah. know. It, it just took it, shots it, and stuff. It messes with you. It uh, changes your. It breaks up your DNA. That's that's not good. <laughs> but they're like, okay, but like it's really changing stuff in a way we've never seen before. So we should do this, right? And everyone's <laughs> like, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's all. That's all dead up. Well, I think I, I let's go into our final takeaway, of the main episode here, because it's a quick story, and I'm extra excited to talk to you guys about it. Takeaway number three. The Brooklyn Dodgers once hired a pilot to dive bomb their manager with a grapefruit. That can't. And I saw Adam, who is a Dodgers fan, nodding about this. Uh, we only make good decisions. Uh, USA, <laughs> oh. USA, uh, 2020 World Champions. Um, I love this. What's not to love about it? What's honestly? What's not to love about it? This is like the best. It's, it, it's such a baseball thing to do. Like, is did he die? <laughs> Is my question? So he did not die. No. Okay, not. because that's no. He lived. That yeah, seems like that would kill a, a man. <laughs> <laughs> Baseball is full of like slightly creative pranksters. Like they're not they're not yeah, geniuses. You know what I mean? But like they're a little better than the average prankster. And I love the yeah. out of that. <laughs> I, I I love it. Yeah, setting fire <laughs> to each other's yeah, like shoelaces stuff like that. and stuff. You yeah, know, like great uh, this is yeah, this yeah. fits right in. Fits right, fits right in there. <laughs> I love that we've gotten to this part of the podcast, though, where I have to once again mention that we're now making it a ballistic, like a bullet, <laughs> because we have nothing else to do with the grapefruit. <laughs> yep. may, may as well shoot it. Just That's... huck them at the enemy. <laughs> well, and, and also, part of this story borderline is, hey, I found a grapefruit in the trash. Do you want to use that? Like it yeah. is, this is actually what happened. Yeah. This is so. Yeah. Here we go. Uh, Abe's so. theories are confirmed. Yes, sir. Yeah, I love so it. Like a, and, and like I said earlier, Florida is a huge grapefruit growing state. Like other than oranges, that's, that's kind of the big thing they grow. And the Brooklyn Dodgers were at 1915's spring training in uh, Daytona Beach, Florida. And for people who don't know, the LA Dodgers now used to be the Brooklyn Dodgers in New York. And they had a manager named Wilbert Robinson. And Wilbert Robinson was so popular, they changed the name of the team to the Brooklyn Robins in honor of his name uh, for a while. Nice. So he was like, uh, he's he managed them for 18 years. He was a very distinguished uh, Dodgers person. Uh, Love it. An icon of we got we got like four guys like that. We got we got Lasorda. We got Vince Scully. We got this guy. You know, we got a few guys. That's true. That's great. They really yeah. stick to like uh, like figures as figureheads. Yeah, oh, Sorda's the best. Yeah, <laughs> like Las- uh, don't ever come to me with any trash about Tommy Lasorda. We love oh, him never. over here. No, no, yeah, no, we no. love him over yeah. here. He falls asleep at games instantly now. Shows up to games, falls asleep. It's the first. He he's like ninety. He's like ninety years old. That's all he can do. You're uh, right. They were gonna call it the Los Angeles Sorts. <laughs> sorts. <laughs> the L.A. Sordas. Uh, <laughs> what, uh, and so what's happening here is Wilbert Robinson was also, he was a catcher for the Orioles and the Philadelphia Athletics and was like an actual baseball player before he was a manager. So he's capable of catching a thing. And what's happening is, meanwhile in Florida, there's, uh, this is the 1910s, so there's a lady who's an aviatrix, a female pilot, uh, and her name is Ruth Law. And she is doing a thing for a local golf course where she drops golf balls as a promotional thing. Uh, I assume safely. I don't really know. But that she's doing that. <laughs> How <laughs> safe could it be in the 30s or whatever? What, what year was this, did you say? 1915, so even worse, yeah. Oh, 1915. Oh, 
There's no precision people in died. the airplane in 1950. Yeah. <laughs> Several people died because of this stunt. Right, yeah, yeah, I'll yeah. tell you, if she had grapefruits, that's what she'd be dropping. So, <laughs> <laughs> Right, right. And they they basically said that in real life, because what happened is oh, okay. uh, the the Dodgers heard about the golf stunt and they said, hey, Ruth Law, we'd like to hire you to do like a PR event where you drop a baseball oh. and then former catcher, current manager, Wilbert Robinson catches it like from the air. Right. Like, that's exciting. That's a nice stunt. That is cool. Yeah. That's like a alley-oop from a plane. Yeah. Yeah. And it's yeah. Yeah dangerous but like an idea you know yeah but what happens is they plan this and they say okay wilbert you wait here we're gonna drop a baseball and then at the location where the plane is taking off they realize they have not been provided with a baseball Uh, Uh, they they don't have one they're not ready incredible uh it's (laughs) already this is already incredible (laughs) and according to the sources here espn and also the society for american baseball research they say that a ground crew member suggested to pilot ruth law Hey, what about this grapefruit I found? What, why don't you just use that? <clears throat> They're like, grapefruits are American, like baseball. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Also, Man. Br- wasn't, weren't baseballs brown then? So, like, maybe it actually right. kind of looked like it. Like, yeah, probably. Because this is, what, 1915, <laughs> It's you a said? smaller grapefruit at that time, and maybe it's yeah. similar, and maybe it actually kind of looks like it. Yeah, and for people who don't know, baseballs, they were bigger at the time, but either way, they're, they're you know, they, they're smaller than, like, a grapefruit is bigger and heavier. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah But yeah. also, grapefruits are smaller at the time. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, That's yeah. what I'm saying, is I, I think, like, I, it's actually a weird confluence where that might not be that crazy of a, like, a mm-hmm. switch. Yeah, that's true. And so I think that's what they thought on the ground. But they say, okay, we'll just do that. Plane takes off. Wilbert is on the ground anticipating a baseball. And then, uh, according to Sabre, quote, the grapefruit landed in Robinson's mitt and exploded, Great. knocking him down Great. and drenching him in warm juice. <laughs> and then what happens is Robinson believed that he had been mortally wounded and covered in his own blood. Yes. He called for help from his players, but they merely doubled over in laughter, end quote. <laughs> This is, so he thought he died. The best. This is the best. Thank you. Go Dodgers. Oh my God, that's the best. Do you see? He thinks he died. He thinks he died because he's got grapefruit all over him. He's got gore from this grapefruit all over him. Oh my God, I'm in pain and I'm dying. And the nearby are these baseball players yucking it up. Right. Love it. That probably that probably looked so funny. That probably looked like funny, that probably yeah. looked incredibly fun. Yeah, like he's trying to catch a thing out of a plane. It blasts into pieces all over him, and he's like, "I'm hurt." It, oh li- my God, it I'm literally hurt. sounds like something it's that the happens best. in The Simpsons, you yeah. know. And yeah. just everyone leaves him and laughs at, like, leaves him on the field and laughs at him, and he's yeah. like, "Why? Why yeah. am I being laughed at?" It's a Nelson moment, right? The yeah. entire team, really. and then they walk off. It really is. Yeah. And his own team did it to him. Like, this, this is nobody else's fault. Like, this is... <laughs> yeah, yeah. This isn't like a sabotage or anything. This is like, that yeah. would be fun. This is what they thought would be fun. <laughs> it's like every time you ever saw some, uh, like, people like, let's go water skiing. But instead of water skiing, let's climb on top of each other like a pyramid and see if we can continue to water yeah. ski. Right? right? A thing that is, like, kind of, kind of impressive, <laughs> but no fun well, for anybody. It- 
No one's having any fun <laughs> at all. There's people in the audience who are going like, whoa, they made a pyramid. I like this. This I like. This is a this thing I like. that I, I, with my money, will pay for. Continue to do this. A man just sitting there having worked a long day, a long year in the coal mines or whatever, looks over at his wife. This I like. This I like. I'm on board with this. The triangle and everything. More oh, pyramids. It's great. More pyramids. That's what we need, whoa. Margie. More pyramids. <laughs> Folks, that is the main episode for this week. My thanks to Abe Epperson and Adam Ganser for splitting this topic in half and scooping out the good stuff. Also, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now. If you support this show on Patreon.com, because patrons get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic is Grapefruit, because Grapefruit is the title of a 1964 art book by the conceptual artist Yoko Ono. One of Yoko Ono's masterworks is called Grapefruit. That's a thing. Visit sifpod.fun for the bonus show all about that, for a library of more than a dozen other bonus shows, and to back this entire podcast operation. And thank you for exploring Grapefruit with us. Here's one more run through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, grapefruits were created by accident on the island of Barbados thanks to the sexy mutant nature of citrus. Takeaway number two, America spent the whole mid-20th century trying out weird grapefruit experiments. And takeaway number three, the Brooklyn Dodgers baseball team once hired a pilot to dive bomb their manager with a grapefruit. Those are the takeaways. Also, please follow my guests. They're great. Patreon.com slash smallbeans is your friend. You'll find many excellent creators there, including Abe Epperson and Adam Ganser. The two of them co-host a show called Director Peace Theater. Abe co-hosts other shows such as Frame Rate. Adam co-hosts other shows such as The Movie Podcast. I'll show you mine if you show me yours. Anyway, I'm super excited for you to dive deep on these guys, if you have not already, uh, and to check out that whole Patreon.com slash smallbeans situation. Many research sources this week. Here are some key ones. A great article in the Washington Post. It's called Taking a Sexy Look at Citrus, and it's by Vicki Hallett. A fascinating write-up from NPR's The Salt blog, Grapefruit and Salt, The Science Behind This Unlikely Power Couple, by Nadia Berenstein. A great article from Quartz. It's called Grapefruit, Born in the USA, and that's by Annalise Griffin. And then we've got sources from ESPN and Sabre, to, uh, you know, corroborate and share that story of Dodgers manager Wilbert Robinson getting dive-bombed by Grapefruit. Find those and more sources in this episode's links at sifpod.fun. And beyond all that, our theme music is Unbroken Unshaven by the Budos Band. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our patrons. I hope you love this week's bonus show. And thank you to all our listeners. I am thrilled to say that we will be back next week with more Secretly Incredibly Fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then. <laughs>